Welcome everyone to another episode of Maybe Next Year, a special road edition of Maybe Next Year as we travel north on the 72, the Pittsburgh city, uh, the steel city. The, this intro is so much better than the one that got deleted. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. We're going to Pittsburgh city. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> East Haversham, North, whatever those all the modern cities Haverbrook. were from North Haverbrook. Haverbrook. <laughs> We've just left Washington city. I can't wait to see Buffalo city. Take on the Steelers tonight. All right, all right, listen, listen. We just got out of a really charming rest stop, uh, the Welcome Center in Pennsylvania. The two older ladies asked, we went in, and they looked right at Paul and me and said, are you good with computers? And then Paul spent five minutes uh, organizing their Santa Claus pictures in a Word document such that they could write text underneath it. So kudos to Paul. Thank you. For, for being good at computers. I had I had Catholic guilt in my head the entire and time. Like, I felt like we couldn't just be like, sorry, ladies, we got to go. But I also... I made Bill's Nation look good. You did. You did. Big kismet. And it would have been, that would have been the thing. If the Bills go on to lose tonight at Pittsburgh, we would have been like, well, we should clearly, that was the, that, that was, was the, the thing. thing. Yeah. We, we didn't stop to, uh, that's like, you didn't know when you were like five minutes into the video game that you needed to go down the left path. And you said you, you went down the right the path. Back. And you know, it was like, that was tough. Well, okay. So we're there. We were just talking about our uh, feelings going towards the game. I'm actually feeling good, and then we'll get to, I know Scott was feeling trepidatious, but I, I, I want to, I'll start. I was feeling good. I'm excited about the road trip to be with you guys, even though the whole uh-huh. lead up to this, I was annoyed that it was going to be cold, and I wasn't going to be at home, and that's like the person I am now, is like, I'm an, an old, old man, man who wants to like literally be home and go to bed at halftime if it's a bad game, but we're, we're pot committed now, my friends, so I'm excited. Yeah. But Scott, you still have a little bit of uh, trepidation. Yeah, and, and uh, you know... Paul was saying that he was he was he was excited. I think I'm I'm not. It's not that I'm not excited. It's just I am a little concerned because we you know it's 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 a big game. You know, there's a little bit of nerves. You know, it just I I've seen us play poorly so many times in important positions, and this this probably is actually. I mean, the Pats game was important this year, but I don't know if it's as important as this game. I mean, obviously the Pats game next weekend is more important, but still, like as far as this far of the season, it's pretty important. Yeah, we're in week 15 now. There's no going back. And I'm excited. Initially, I had this whole, this is our third time trying this, by the way, folks. But this time, we're going to get it. So I won't go into the whole spiel I went on last time. Uh, but I will note, we have a chance to see the team get to 10 wins for the first time in 20 years. We have a chance to see the team clinch a playoff spot in week 15. We have a chance to see the team stay alive for a division title, which they will do no matter what tonight. But they can really make a difference. And we could be there to see that happen and if they lose they lose and will be sad but you know what in life you've just got to take these chances and say you know what I'm going to go four hours on the road today and hopefully see something glorious in Pittsburgh City Pittsburgh City for the win but not the football famous famous Heinz Stadium yes home of the Pittsburgh Steel Men Steel (laughs) Steeler Men of Steel um no, okay, so we are, we're, we're almost to famous Breezewood, Pennsylvania, which of course is like the, 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 the truck stop of yeah, all. and they do have a Perkins here, which they used to have in Buffalo, and then they vanished somewhere around the early 20s. They went out of business, and then they reopened, yeah. um, and they their pancakes are excellent. If only we had known. Maybe we'll make a, maybe we'll make a Breezewood breakfast maybe stop tomorrow, on the way yeah. home tomorrow. Exactly. Um, but what we'd like to do now, we're just going to kind of shoot the shit. Paul has got the Twitter questions up. Scott's going to get the Facebook questions up. I like to throw one out. Um, what's your favorite road snack? 
What was? What were you just eating at the the Welcome oh, Center? I had. Uh, I, I I was intrigued because there was a. It said, uh, you know, you have to you have to ask for the price of the Zeppo's Voodoo flavored. Oh yeah. You have kettle, to ask for the price where chips. I work too. You actually have to hit the buttons first, and it'll say you're about to. Are you sure you want to waste a dollar twenty five? Which which defeats the whole. If you have to ask, you can't afford a thing because mm-hmm. it's literally in a vending machine. Um, but yeah, so that they were they were delicious. They were had barbecue, but they had a nice little like kind of heat spice to them, and uh, kettle chips always a superior chip in general. So those were enjoyable. Um, good road snacks in general. We're a big trail mix household in general. Mm. Um, you know, can't go wrong with 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 a little gorp. Little, you know, little granola, oats, uh, raisins, and peanuts. Um, Do you ever put chocolate in there? Yes, and then uh, with the, the we big we get the big mountain trail mix bags from Costco, yeah. which are like twenty bucks, but the, honestly the cheapest you can do for for trail mix because trail mix is actually really expensive because the peanuts are high high density, they weigh a lot, so right. it, you can't just fill up a whole truck full of peanuts. That's crazy. Except um, on Mother's Day when there's a fifth spillover truck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, trail mix trail is, a, mix. is a good one, and then we we also. Unfortunately, we do hit a fair amount of fried food when we're doing the, the traveling. Cause Fast food for us is the road trip indulgence. So yeah. Evelyn gets the, sorry, my daughter gets the uh, the, um, the the happy meal on the way to Mimi and Papa's house or something, uh, you know, for the stop, and that's okay. That's yeah. that's what it's there for. Yeah. Um, I'm doing I'm doing uh, beef jerky today, I'm trying to cut down on the carbs. But she went with the Jacklins. You didn't get the fancy like. I got Matador too. Oh, okay. I went. I got one of each. I wanted to ones? give it a. I don't know what the fancy ones are. But I was like, I got the Matador. We can look at the Matador. No, that's not fancy. No. Like the fat right. ones. Like the fancy ones are like organic and they're like hand. I was in, yeah, I was in Target, and I just right. needed like to make a choice here. The actually okay. killed himself <laughs> to provide delicious beef jerky for exactly. your Exactly, long talking and, to the cow. And speaking of, we should we should go to our resident vegetarian. And, and yeah, what do you now? What do you do when you can't just kill an animal and eat it on the on the road? Right. Well, um, I, I find as in football, the road tends to bring out your your weaknesses, your worst habits. <laughs> and for me, that is a sleeve of Pringles. Oh man. Preferably the barbecue flavor. I will do salt and pepper. I will do plain Pringles if if need be. And I and by a sleeve, I'm not talking the little containers. I'm talking <laughs> the biggest one you can get and I will totally wipe it out. And those things they it's something I used to I had an issue with it late in college where my roommate had them and there was nothing to snack on the house. I'm like, I'll have a few, she won't notice. And then I had I ate all of that. The whole had thing. To go and, and hurry over to Walgreens and buy another sleeve of Pringles to replace the ones I'd eaten. And then strategically eat like the third that she had eaten, so she had no idea. Um, well played, sir. Yeah. So that's that's a habit that started 20 years ago, and and it remains, you know, my big on-road problem. We we are like that with Oreo cookies, and they are just those things are designed to taste delicious and not fill you up at all, so you can just endlessly eat them until you feel sick. I have those with the Girl Scout uh, short the thin oh, the truffle. Oh yeah, yeah just, I keep just pop them in. Well, um, that was a good first topic, Paul. Do you yes. have any any Twitter? Right. This, 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 this podcast is for you. We're gonna also, 
I'm, uh, I'm getting a note that the roads may be icy, but they don't appear to be. Um, but continue, please. What do we, what do we sure. got from bills? I mean, I, I maybe feel, next year nation. Yeah. What's better to transition um, on good road snacks to international politics? Yes. I think that's the natural that's segment. That's the natural transition. So we're gonna first start with the trivia tidbit because this is the. Oh, can you guys name the only gentleman besides us to ever appear live on our podcast when he accidentally interjected during our season 2015 opener with the, the Colts when we had him on live? I'll give you a hint. His name is Tom. It's Tom. Very good. So Tom jumped in and he asked a very question, uh, good question. Opinions on Boris Johnson. Now, I feel like this is a good time for a special announcement. Scott, I don't know if you're the one who wants to make it and then talk about your opinions on Boris. Or... Yes, I'm, right. I'm, I'm going, I'm probably going to the United Kingdom. There's still been a lot of paperwork that's been involved to this point, but I am probably going to the United Kingdom. We have not exactly figured out what that means for the pod. I think the intent is to try and keep the pod going. Yes, to be clear, Scott's going to the United Kingdom probably for a long time, like yes, years. Yes, like three years, yeah, yeah, probably. So it's not going to be a short, short trip. Um, you know, unless the entire United Kingdom collapses on itself in the course of the next couple months, which there is a slightly higher chance of that happening at this point it's non -zero. than there was before. It's non-zero. It's yeah. non-zero. I mean, it was always non-zero, but sure. it's now where, you know, if it was one in 10 million before, maybe it's one in a million now. Um, I don't think it's going to be quite as bad as, you know, medicine shortages and food shortages on 1 February, but I think it'll be a bit of an adjustment for everyone. Um, I think Boris Johnson's going to be a terrible prime minister. I think he is a terrible prime minister. Um, and if the labor was running anyone other than literally a dyed-in-the-wool, like, borderline communist, they probably would have won that election. But they were literally... I was just reading a good BBC article today about how, you know, like, literally they went to the, the seat that Tony Blair won as, like, a labor candidate, obviously, in the late 90s and early 2000s. And it was basically, like, everyone just... Here's labor promise, like, you know, a huge increase in NHS spending, broadband for everybody, you know, just complete, you know, a lot of enormous promises. And everyone's like, you can't pay all of this. Like, you, there's no money for all these things. And so if that's even even a terrible prime minister is not going to get you kind of massively in debt unless you unless the rest of the house lets them. So those are my thoughts on British politics. May I? Please. My, uh, my family is Welsh. And so we have a... We have a, a, a view of the, the monarchy and the aristocracy of London that, you know, we don't really care for a lot of places telling us what to do. And I think that I agree with a lot of what Scott says. I think the kudo I would give to Boris Johnson is that he was very, he was able to, and, and conservatives were able to craft a very simple message. Brexit, we're going to do it. <laughs> and Labour sort of had like, they've been running the whole no Brexit for a long time. And they should have let the social liberals or liberal democrats do that and they should have been the party of to me okay brexit but we can do better and we'll you know they, they, the frustrations of a lot of british people not everybody but there's actual real frustrations that don't necessarily boil down to i don't know how it's covered in the uk but i know in the us it's very much covered like like they they just can't do it without doing a trump and Democrats um, parallel, and so they want to paint everybody who's yeah. a conservative and a Brexit person as a racist and a, and a xenophobe, and that's not entirely true. That like it costs a lot of money to do all these things, and a lot of the European Union allows England to be 
you know, as, as some of my family would say, stuck with the people who left their countries. And a lot of it has fell on Britain. And I think there's legitimate gripes regarding the stretching of social, social services and the cost and a lot of things that we won't get into here. And I think labor sort of um, dismissed that poorly in a way that Brexit people uh, were just constantly answering. And so, you know... Yes, labor had the worst of all worlds in the they sense did. that they... They were both kind of for Brexit and against Brexit and wanting a people's vote and also a huge kind of socialist campaign that was not terribly popular with a lot of... Yeah, they had no message that, that, that was easily understandable by everyone else. And I think the other thing that is going around is people were ready for Brexit to be done one way or the other. Yes. And so I think a lot of people who voted conservative were maybe voting conservative just to be done with it. And so now it's done, and we'll see what happens, and my guess is the sky will not fall. I was a little disappointed in the Lib Dem sorry, but I guess they just ran a very poor campaign. So. Well, the, the, the thing with that is you could look at a handful of... There are times here in the States where people get mad at Jill Stein for, for yeah. running and splitting the vote, yeah. but the Lib Dems and the, and the Labor really split a handful of counties that just made yeah. no sense. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not thrilled with Boris Johnson, but I think that, like some other politicians here... He knows what works in some ways, and you, I think you got to give him some credit for that. Right, I think that's an excellent segue into what I was going to say, because these two are much better educated than me when it comes to UK politics. So I won't discuss Boris directly as much as I will say yes. There are a lot of parallels to here where you have two sides that just keep getting further and further apart and more disparate, and then seek out only those views which reinforce what their views are, and then you wonder why we switch parties every, you know, eight years when one party gets so frustrated that more of them start voting and then vote another person out. And then we wonder why half the population is one way and half is the other. So I think the lesson I would like to take out of this, which the British people should take, is, you know, everything that Boris seems to have put forth seems like a bad idea to a lot of educated people. So maybe what it's, you know, imperative upon those in the UK to do and those of us uh, you know here to do in our own way is to simply you know make try and try and do our best to build those bridges rather than just uh, dismissing your crazy uncle whose vote counts as much as yours and maybe we transition into our next question based on that so yeah sure Boris, so. I'll also say as always listen to Americans telling other countries how to run their politics. aren't we the, aren't we the best at that we are and so the next question comes from Josh Allen Season, of course. Josh Allen Season? Josh Allen Season, Other, otherwise known as Eagles OC oh. uh, by, by that handle. So he's both the Eagles offensive coordinator and the whole season. Or and Josh Allen's Josh whole Allen's whole season. Yeah, so you okay. know, here's the question. You have been given the power to alter one event in history. However, to do so, you must go back to that time period and you cannot return to the present. What do you change and why? My God, that's a yeah, great question. An, it is. That's Be an intense question. Right, because it's yeah. easy to go back and say, oh, I just changed this one event. But then you yeah. also have to think, what are the long-term repercussions of doing this for the world? What's going to result that I don't know is going to result? And then, oh yeah, I'm never going to see any of my loved ones again, unless, say, I chose to return to the period when we were at the rest stop to avoid going into the welcome center and thus cost enough several minutes 
by helping those old ladies with their computer-ish, in which case my life would not be altered, but instead of getting on the Pittsburgh Turnpike now, we'd have been on the Pittsburgh Turnpike for like 10 minutes. Yes. Uh, but otherwise, you are going to introduce yourself to a situation where you may are very likely to never see your loved ones ever again. So, mm. I feel this One-way trip in, into the past. Yeah. Now, I purposely kind of vamped here, hoping someone would think of something to get started, because I don't have to kick I, off. I mean, so, like... I have. The, I will start with the lame answer, and then that'll give Frank more time to think, and I'll, I'll mm. see if I can think of a better answer while I'm explaining the lame answer. But I would suggest my answer, my actual answer, and the lamest answer is I would not do so, because I don't think that Frank. What was that? Was that a? That was. I kind of. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Like the hubris of humanity is ultimately that we know that we think we know what we're doing, and it actually almost always we don't. Um, I'd like to go back to. An important video game in my life. I don't know about you guys, but Command and Conquer, mm-hmm. Red Alert, where they went back and zapped Hitler out of history. Yep. And there was still a big war. It was just between the Soviets and the and the, the US. West. So it was kind of like we were kind of headed for that, regardless, on some way. So, and I think that's kind of the thing is like, there's things that I could think of of like, oh, you know, kill Hitler, kill Stalin stop 9-11, you know, again, like, I don't know how you would do any of these things, like, how do you stop, I mean, if you came back, and even if I, even with a somewhat working knowledge of the U.S. intelligence community in 2000, I'm not sure I could convince people, no, really, this is going to happen, you have to stop it, like, I'm not sure that anyone would believe you well enough to do it, I'm not sure what I could do, like, even if I went back and got one of the hijackers, like, that just stops one plane, which clearly yeah. would not really have, have fixed it. So, you know, it, it's, it's the idea that, that we'd be able to do that, and I think the better choice is to just try and live the, the best life you can with the thing with the thing you have, and it's not as scary as having to leave your family and it's sad and all the other stuff. So yeah. I will try and think of a better, more no, fun No, I life. think that's fine. I think that, because I was going to say, for a different reason, forget the hubris, I think I can fix anything. Um, <laughs> but I wouldn't really want to leave my family. So what I would probably do... This is cheating. Sorry, but um, I would go back in time a week, and I would get the winning lottery numbers, and I would just get rich. I would do something selfish for my, you know, for me and my family. Since, as you say, like, going back and fixing things, you don't really know what you're going to do. You might break something. Um, And then I don't really want to not see my family. Although, for a fleeting moment, I had that Captain America at the end of Endgame, where you're sitting on the bench, and you're like, no, I decided to stay, and whatever. Um... So I would probably do something super terrible like that and just, you know, and then I would donate a lot of money, but I would just go mm. back to whenever like a big Powerball was, mm. get those numbers, win that fucker, and then, you know, hide out to not run into the other Frank and create a paradox. Yeah, um, what happens in that, in this guy's scenario? He doesn't go into that, does he? No, no. He got, he's got to think these things through. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. I'm going to put that mostly on him. And the yeah, thing no. That, no, it's a good question, but I mean, you know, we're very savvy with yeah, time you're travel. talking to the wrong guys. But <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to guys who watch a lot of J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Right. So, you know, that's that's perfect. <laughs> this is, uh, I, I almost, I, at first I was going to be that guy who went all the way back to the Dark Ages and said, oh, if we avoid that. But then Scott's points about, well... You know, what? A, maybe if you alter that particular event in history, it doesn't stop where it was going to go anyway. Uh, and then Frank, of course, takes the, you know, the admittedly selfish way out, which is totally <laughs> fine. No, it's not. That's super selfish. No. It is. Right. You know. But I'm only messing up, like, months of the time stream. You know, not, right. not years. Right. And decades and, you know, 
Right. It's kind of what what gets he took the what gets me more Frank's, money. What Frank's, gets me get laid. Frank's you know, asking to get a Twilight Zone made about him. It's basically <laughs> what's happening. Right. Please. I'm I will available. Take, I will take the in between, and I'm I'm just doing this to make uh, Frank look really selfish. Yeah, please. Agreed. Um, but there was a bicyclist a two weeks ago when I was on a route 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 who got hit and has unfortunately suffered some serious uh, brain damage. And I think what I would do is focus on saving this one person who I could and yeah. being at that intersection 10 minutes sooner, Ugh. flagging him down, setting him down a side street and being Just like, holding him up and being like... Or just being like, hey, um, you know, let's get yourself, get, get you out of this situation before it happens or if it happens, let's get you help more immediately than it came last time and we'll try to save your, your life. And that way I feel I... like I'm not indirectly postponing something that was going to happen anyway, which is a danger that Scott uh, brought up. If I focus on the micro rather than the macro and change the event in history of this poor gentleman getting hit and suffering the brain damage and who knows if he lives sort of deal. Congratulations, uh, you no, saved no. future hit. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> well done. And there you go. So Frank well, brings it right No, back. no, I, I, at this point I would like to amend mine <laughs> and say that while I am winning the lottery, I will also spend time helping the people. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good, that's a good like... One year of People a have CBS run show. on lesser platforms for office than yeah. what Frank just said. <laughs> um, Paul, would you be worried about a Final Destination style yeah. uh, death, kind of like trying uh, to follow and, this person? And you know, my, their... my, you probably don't know my Final Destination in in the weeds sort of thing. Or, or to make it even less dark, the sliding door sort of scenario sure. where you end up in the same situation regardless of the path that you take mm-hmm. to get there. But as someone who believes that in life, it's the journey that is is what matters and not so much where you end up because this earth is all going to go up in a ball of flames whether you do drugs every day for the rest of your life live a self-existence or cure cancer uh it's all leading to that same end point so i think you really need to focus on the the journey and so with that in mind yeah i, I think the ultimate thing is you have to i've helped that one person's journey by helping it go on longer without brain trauma that's so that I, segment I brought to you by arby's <laughs> nihilist arby's Eat at Arby's. <laughs> All right. Going to die anyway. All right. We are uh, we're making our way through the mountains here. We've gone through Breezewood. We're now paying to use a road. We're now paying to use the road in Glorious. Pennsylvania. And you'd think it looked nicer with uh, how much we're paying to use this road, but such is life. What do we got? Soviet back? Russia. We're, we're Russia gonna, road pays you. <laughs> we're going to transition from the deeper questions to. By the way, yes. This is what happens when you get old, people. You're your shoot-the-shit, listen-to-radio and music stuff, that all goes away. You drink water, and you, you get a little snack, and you talk about the deep shit. Yep. Uh, now we're going to lighten it up a little bit. El Super, thank you. Long-time listener. Always, always interacting with us in Rock Power Report and Bills and Beers yes. online, which is great. Um, favorite TD celebration from a Buffalo Bills player? Kyle Williams. Going to go with Kyle. You're going to say the junk, I'm guessing Just against the Dolphins. Grenade with the, everyone getting hit. Because it was Kyle. Because it was Kyle and he retired and or was was retiring and it was the the first playoff year and all that in a long time. and um, It was beautiful. Yeah, no, I think it was very good. Yeah, that one's tough to beat. Um, my memory is terrible, so I just don't. What about Stevie? Stevie's my, why Stevie's so serious. Why so serious. I, think I think I was that's against, good, too. I think that I was against that at the time. So you I, were against it. You so were with the... Uh, I was... Coach, what's his name? And had to bench him. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was. I'm against shenanigans. So. 
by AJ Stanning and Sands. So your base. favorite TD celebration could be the Steve Tasker of get in the end zone, hand the ball to the official. That would yes. be your your favorite. I always like the round of handshakes. I, I enjoy a good round of handshakes amongst the amongst the boys. Very good. Mine was one I hated at the time and thought was ridiculous, and now as I've gotten older and mellowed out, it is Stevie Johnson, but it is not the why so serious legendary one that's lived throughout the years. It is the I am pretending to be Plasco Burris and shooting myself in the leg yes. in the club and falling down. Uh, yes. yes. Like that moment in in history to me, I was just another another time in Buffalo Bills, you know, recent history of a, a year that was going nowhere and looking for a moment. And I kind of remember thinking, you have done <laughs> so much to lighten this up, uh, you know, with, with Just that. a brief moment of feeling alive yes. and what? Otherwise, just horrific like, Bill season. Right. Mocking someone who shoots himself in the leg in a club. Uh, it, it was just, to me, that was that was high comedy. It was high art almost there by Stevie Johnson. So <laughs> it was well worth the 15-yard re- penalty. The Renoir of, of touchdown celebrations. Absolutely. All right. All right. Next question. Blowing through these. I love it. Is from David Leary. Will you be changing the name of the podcast based on the Bills' newfound successes? Ah, long, the long-time question. It yes. is. It's a, re, it's a repeat question that we get Yes. Uh, is, ever since it, they play good. It's one we've never really truly Answered. confronted so much as, like, it, the year they made the playoffs, it's like, yeah, but that's not the goal. And then what I, I did a quick reply to Dave and said, you know, I think when a Super Bowl title is won, it's something we kind of have to discuss further. Sorry, we all we all stopped while this maybe cop got in front of me. Yeah, right. definitely say true. Uh, yeah. Even though the driver, for the record, is not using a phone right now. Correct. Um, no, we just we're all making sure. Right. <laughs> three grown men just making sure we all knew what was happening. Um, so, so yeah, but yeah. it is one we will need to think about if they do win it all. Do we can keep maybe next year as the brand, just like you know the let Teddy win for the Nationals or fire this person. They keep fire Darcy or Gear on Twitter. You know, those sorts of things kind of stay. I feel like we would need to do some, and I think this is why you changed it recently to MNY Bills, Frank. It's almost within mind, like, maybe at some point, maybe next year won't be a thing we can say because the Bills are the new Patriots. Yeah, obviously. No, I changed it because uh, Bills and Beers were giving a shit about the mouthful that B Bills MNY is. That's why we changed it? That's why. Fuck them. <laughs> Do you hear that, people's Yes. No, I've wanted to change it. I've always felt, like, awkward about it, and it's it's not great. And they were right, and they were ragging on us, and they've been very nice in that they had Paul on and offered to have me on, and they pump us up, and they were right. And, uh, you know, so I, I took some constructive criticism, I felt like. They weren't really ragging on us. They were just sort of like, they were trying to promote it, and then they were fumbling over what the damn name was. <laughs> Which we fumble over. Right, we yeah. fuck it up. So I felt like, well, but they weren't really ragging, ragging on us. Right. Um, so that's why we changed it. I think that, too, some of the things, like, right now, maybe next year could be January and February of this football season, you know? Like, a literal maybe next year. I think that's how we used it when they made the playoffs that one time. Um what and would if we they change, change the name to? I wouldn't want to... Like, it's hard enough to change it now. It's like... It took me for... I, can't, I still can't change the Facebook URL. So I think that... <laughs> I think, right. If, if they win... Um, there, there's a guy who is a Nationals fan. Sorry, Paul Scott. Who had next year DC. And he saved this year DC also. So when they won, 
he tweets as this year DC for the year. And then and then if they don't win again, he'll go back to next Hilarious. year DC. Yeah. So maybe we'll do something like that. Right. Of course, that involves constant rebranding, which is not a recipe for long-term success. Then again, we've never tried to achieve long-term success. Neither is this podcast. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, right, this is just like we're, you know, making millions right. hand we've, over we've fist. Right, we've done nothing to try to monetize this, nothing really to try to popularize it. I'm not out on Twitter saying... You know, hey, please retreat. Get me to you know 500 followers or whatever. Just like if you like this shit. Well, then why are you in it. charge of the Twitter then? What are you? I yeah, like it, but well, really, to what? be fair, it's okay. because he does it, and Frank was doing other Twitter things, and I don't do Twitter. So. And I'm also good at Twitter. Oh, the Somerset but, Discount uh, Stealers Penguins enough. Outlet Store. I'm sure, you're good at Twitter. What if what if we do become good popular? Enough. Like we all have pretty good jobs and you know you guys have families to support i have a very expensive drug habit uh you know i, I think we kind of need to stick with those so what we, all right would we would you if, if they paid us full time to be on talk radio about the bills would you do that if they paid me what i earn now yeah. yes 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 no yeah, but you do you do you do stuff that actually impacts the world. I make rich I guess, people richer. No, I make rich people richer too in some um, ways. But I help yeah. not rich people become rich. I, I think what I would want to do is I wouldn't want to do it. Like, are we talking like I got to do eight hours a day? Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Is like, what is like? I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, because that's the thing. Like, they don't have Chopin the Bulldog on for. Ten no, they hours a day. Like, yeah, but they also don't get paid what I get paid. Yeah, that's, not to that's be, kind of the not thing. to be cruel, but you yeah. know. So if you were, I worked hard you, to get here. So to make what you've made at this point, yeah, you probably have kind of have to do eight hours a day, which is gonna be a grind after a while. No, I think I think I would end up hating it. Yeah. I think I like what what how we do what we do because I think that the nice and that's the other nice thing about not really having to monetize it is you know we have flexibility in the week about when we record. We have flexibility in how in depth we are our audience is very patient with us and i can yeah. fuck and swear and yeah shit and you can't fuck on the, <laughs> no i was gonna say you can yeah. say fuck but I, you don't you? want you to actually fuck on right the this is like a pennsylvania rest stop <laughs> right. there yeah. is no fucking right <laughs> okay all right and on on that note we'll transition to the next question greg long time listener as well thank you greg for us lay people, whereas you three are experts, of course. Correct. What is the significance of Brian Dable going upstairs, and how does this change? How does this? How does this change his game day duties? Now, I think the duties stay the same. I think the duties do stay the same. I think the an answer, and it's a way I haven't seen it answer in any of the areas that have covered this, but something I've thought about in in this role is you know, from having been up in a booth before, not in the NFL level, of course, and also having played wide receiver before, you tend to, when you're on the sidelines, you, despite your best efforts, you watch the ball. You know, Scott will occasionally watch a game and be like, all right, I'll look at the offensive line a bit. But inevitably, if the game is exciting, you're watching the ball and where the ball is going. When you're upstairs, you are watching the whole field. You are seeing the things that Josh Allen should be seeing and giving Josh kind of a, hey, you'll know, because you have that bird's eye view, you know, you have an idea of what's happening. You get to see how that defense is lined up. The, the bottom line is you're upstairs because you can see more, and that almost makes you better able to adapt as it goes. And I, I like having Brian Dable upstairs, and I think except for playing a really good defense with the Ravens that did a good job containing them last week, 
you've seen some real positive differences in the Buffalo offense since that happened. I think that you can think about hockey players because they'll do this with hockey players who are struggling to maybe to grasp an offensive or defensive concept. They won't they'll they won't dress for the game and they'll sit up in the press box and you just get to see the whole thing moving at once. And when you're seeing the whole thing moving at once, the bigger concept is easier to understand as opposed to in the trenches where you're sort of micro focusing on what your individual detail is. And it's hard to focus on what your micro individual detail is if you're the running back, if you don't have a sense of how that's supposed to fit in the bigger picture, let's say. So I think it helps him see what's working and not working. I think it, for a player, you probably get a sense of um, what the bigger picture is, which lets you let you fit it in a bit better as well. Yeah, I mean, I think functionally the biggest thing is is it you know when you're an offensive play caller, you're really trying to key off of what the defense is doing, and they're gonna the defense is gonna have their plan that they're gonna go into the game with. Sometimes, you know, some teams will, will remain, remain largely similar on defense week to week. Sometimes, when you're playing the Patriots. I feel like they throw a different defense at you every time. Sometimes, um, but you're never really going to have a good sense of what that is. I think you're going to be able to figure out what that is much quicker when you're up in the booth because, as the guys have been saying, you can see how the safeties are moving right at the snap. You can you can keep focus on that. You don't have to necessarily watch as much what your players are doing. And I think, frankly, it's just the view is different. Like, even if you're down there on the sidelines, you, you can't see the entire field at once. So I think that is – I think that definitely helps. I think the one thing that you're not going to get as much of is you're not going to get as much input from the players probably because you can't – go up to the right tackle and be like, what the hell happened on that play? And he's not going to, you know, if you miss it, you're not going to be able to go back and see it. I mean, you, you get the film out maybe, um, but the game's going fast. You can do that at halftime, but you're not going to be able to get that input from the players. But I think that kind of depends on what your, you know, what, what kind of team you have, how much input are you getting from your players and, and that kind of stuff. I think in general, um, it's probably best for the, the, the coach to be up in the, up in the, uh, the stands, but then you also have to you have to make sure that your assistant coaches and your position coaches know what they're doing to support you in your role there in terms of getting people in and off the field and all that stuff. So, all right. uh, should I go to the Facebook questions now? Yeah, yep, if you're I ready. did double check Twitter. That was that was all we had on Twitter. So thanks okay. everyone for okay. jumping in with their bills and existential and all other questions. We're gonna we're post and maybe check back. We're finding we're recording these about 15 minutes at a time. Not to give away the magic here, so maybe we, maybe we'll find a little more mind blown Turco, you know, to work with. But what do we got on what do we got on uh, Facebook? So uh, uh, Greg asked, "How did you guys meet and realize your your were all Bills fans? You were all Bills fans, as in Bills Texans opener 05, right, guys? Yes. Well, yeah. Paul remembers the details. Yes. So, Paul, why don't you tell the story? Yeah, I can tell the story. He remembers all the details of all the stuff. Of everything, right. right. Yeah. I remember my perspective. Uh, so, I got to the bar. Uh, it was my. I had been in D.C. at this point approximately two weeks. So, I had gone online a couple weeks before to look for Bill's Bars locally. There was one nearby called McFadden's, but it also looked like it was insane. And, me being and allow me to jump in here. I had been in D.C. for three years, and basically, after shuffling around all sorts of bars, found McFadden's, and it was insane. And I hated McFadden's because it was way too young, and like their food and beer specials were terrible. And I was jumping at the opportunity to go to a different bar. So, so my instincts were thankfully correct on that. So I had looked up, and I had. Uh, called them and said hey do you guys open early for the games on Sunday and confirm that what they said on their website was true that they were a New York sports bar the one we went to and I think 
can we give the name of it? Yeah, the now defunct. I would have given it anyway. Yes. The now defunct Fifty First State, yep. which is a nod to uh, DC's non-statehood. Um, but it was a it was a New York sports bar. Right over in Foggy Bottom, and I know. Uh, and McFadden's, if, if Bills and Beers is listening, I think this is, we had a long discussion on that when I visited their pond. Right. Anyway, uh, so back to 51st State. So I tracked it down. I confirmed they were a New York State sports bar. They did do Giants, Jets, and Bills. And I thought, okay, uh, why not go to this bar? So we uh, we ended up, I, I showed up by myself in my Bills, uh, my one Buffalo shirt that I had at the time because I did not have my full Do you still have that shirt? I do not. Mm. Long gone. It was green and had a buffalo on it. Said buffalo. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of like the blue and red one. That yeah. I think oh. that was the next shirt. Oh yeah, I've got I've got a few. I've got a. I've, I, most of the shirts I have now I bought in like 2006 or seven, so I still have the. I still have them for a long time. But anyway, so yeah, I showed up and these two gentlemen were there. I don't. The first week, the thing I remember most is looking really smart to Scott off the bat because it was shortly, it was, in, it was in the second quarter, the Bills had either a first or second to go from inside the five. I'm like, watch what they're going to do here. They are going to run a play action and J.P. Lawson's going to toss this to Jason Peters, who reported his tackle eligible on that play. Because Jason Peters, before right. he became a tight end and then before he became a starting left tackle in the league, uh, hit reports to tackle eligible, and that is exactly what the Bills did. They scored a touchdown. Scott looked at me like, hey, good job, buddy, and gave me a high five. Frank and I talked a bit that day, but I don't remember the discussions that much until the next week when Frank was there with his, his uh, then-girlfriend, and uh, we were there at the table with, with someone else as well, and so we got to talking more about, oh, you're you know, you're a law schooler, and I was just starting to work at a law firm in D.C. at that right. time. So we were bonding on, on those topics. But yeah, it was the Bills Texans opener of, of 05. And whatever you guys cared to add from your perspective about that, you remember? Um, that it day. definitely took me two years to learn your names because we yeah. would watch football and then I'd you sort of get really remember your talk, name. We didn't really talk together that much the first no, year. No. It was because there were a couple people filtering in and out. Right. There was, there was old guy Bills fan. Yeah. And there was. Um, so Bjorn was our first bartender, and we were, so to explain this, the Jets and the Giants were both really bad at this time, and we kind of had the bar to ourselves for the first game. And, like, typically the Jets or Giants were playing at four, so they'd filter in towards the end, but you would, you, we would never have to share that bar <laughs> at one o'clock. Yeah. And so we'd be there, and we were really, like, they appreciated us for a while because we were sort of there, and it was super chill. We had, like, the TV and the sound, and we loved it. And there was, you know, on a good day, you'd get 10 people until about 3.30. Um, yeah, most of whom were Bills fans. Yeah. And, you know, we introduced ourselves and then forgot the names and then did the thing where we don't say your you name don't for two years. don't, because then it would be rude to ask the person's Keep name asking the person's name. Them, yeah. Right. Um, and then after a couple of years, they moved us upstairs. And I, I, I'm trying to think, like, when's the first time? I know we did a New Year's. That was... Because Joe was there. Like, the missing yeah, part here is Joe. The first time was, we did something yeah. together was either one of two events. It was either, either your one birthday party in Adams Morgan yep. that we went to, or it was a... We went to a Caps game. Caps game. Sabres game. Yeah. Where yeah. we made fun of yeah. you for being dressed. Because I was going to somebody else's party. birthday party right. single, so I was trying to look nice and after the... Yes, you were. That was hilarious. Yes, and then there were... We and were you laughed up. because I was wearing dress shoes that had a little lift to them. Yes, they did. Yes, I did. And they were like, you know, because I'm the shortest guy, 
they were really giving me some shit. So, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I do remember going to that Caps game, and that, yeah, that was definitely like two or three years in. And uh, Kolzig was the goalie, and there was a big German contingent rooting for him uh, up in the crowds. And then uh, we were kind of talking to some some Sabres fans next to us, and then they yes. were basically accusing the Germans of being Nazis. And at yep. that point, we had kind of decided. Well, I don't know if we're gonna call I know, them Nazis. Like the, like the Germans seemed all right. Like yeah, they were like very just into it. To have I remember the Buffalo, where are you? Oh yeah, that yeah. was holy Yeah. Um, so we did that, and then Scott served our country, and we sent him packing, and he yeah. came back, which was great. And um, then Paul moved to Buffalo and came back, and. Uh, then I went away again. Then you went away again. But that was during an off season, so that was less of a trauma. Yeah. It was, well, I mean, we didn't even notice then because you're. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, we, yeah, so we, we didn't we, see each other in the off season for two or three years, probably. Yeah. After it was we after, after the second season, I think, or maybe it was after <clears> the third, where we're finally like. All right, yeah, we like exchange numbers and all. That's how yeah. slow boys work. Boys are slow. We do. Yeah, that's literally like, the crisis of the American male of making friends after the initial page, of, you know, after college, basically, and right. work to a certain extent. So, but that uh, was good, and uh, and then I was I was in similar boat as Paul because I had just moved to DC as well that summer. I had shown up in June, basically, and yeah, and I was also looking for a Bill's bar, and I was on Twenty Third Street. And literally, 51st State was like 50 feet closer than McFadden. Thank God. And I was 22, and I probably definitely would have gone to McFadden's had I known it was there. I literally was not doing any research. I just kind of walked around looking, and I think I might have... Bill's Bar. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, exactly. That was pretty much it. But if I had known that there was, like, wild, crazy parties at McFadden's, I would have been like, there's probably girls there. I should probably hang out with them. There wasn't. I mean, at night there would be. So I had been there for a party... For my law school, and I got thrown out of because the basically the guy who bust the tables didn't like me, uh-huh. um, and he uh-huh. mouthed off to somebody, and I told him to fuck off basically, uh-huh. and then yeah. they threw me out. Uh-huh. Um, and then you know that McFadden's closed because somebody stabbed somebody stabbed in the McFadden's, somebody, yeah. and the video showed that the bouncer helped the person, the stabber, get away, and so they looked into that and shut that place down yep. right quick. It was always kind of gross. Yeah. Like the, the good news was that it was the backers bar, and it got better when they got involved because then they went and got real wings, and they got Labatt Blue sent down, which was which was marginally better. Um, as these guys know, I, like the moment I could sit at 51st State and have like a Jameson shot, or a <laughs> or a like a nice beer or a, a sandwich like that. Like you couldn't really get a sandwich at McFadden's the way you could get yeah. an excellent grilled cheese. Yeah, and yeah. ham sandwich. Grilled ham and cheese. Was that was an excellent go-to. sandwich. Yeah. It was. They were really good. So it was. It felt like. And I think I had talked about this to you before. The bills were so good when I was young. I didn't really, like, my dad didn't really drink and watch football. So for me, football was hot chocolate and snacks, and that was like always football to me. And then I got to like college, and people were like getting smashed, and I was like, really? Like that's not how I enjoy football. Like I, it's like I want to be home and in my BJ's and. Like I don't have to, get, I don't have to get dressed today. Like you know, I can hang out and chill. So I don't know. I never had like the college experience that taught me. Yes. This, you know, this is how you have fun. You need to get don't hammered here. Right. Yes. Anyway. Okay. Um. So that that's kind of it. And then the podcast started. Um. I think I had started the baseball one a little bit sooner with you my did. wife. I should actually, while you're telling us, go on to Gmail and find the email that started it all. Well, it's actually, literally like, and I was just like, it'd be, it's super easy. We could all just do this. Yeah, because we had all moved. I had moved to Sherlington, which is a little further out, and you were still in DC, and Paul was somewhere, and 
Um, yeah, I was still in DC too. And I was just like, you know, we could do this and just yeah. talk once a week, and it's. And I, dumb. I, also, I also remember at, there was a period there where the girls would come to the bar with us too. Oh, yeah. remember that? Oh that yeah, was a thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like our now some of our wives, now, some wives, some girlfriends, some girlfriends um, had actually would go to the bar and spend Sunday afternoons with us. They so, were so stupid. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That stops. You get married, they don't care anymore. <laughs> well, then you find out what they're Well, some of them, about. some of them realized that train they were on already. Some of them, have, some of them have kids <laughs> now. Like, like if you're lucky, you get, you get to go to the bar. Yeah. So we're gonna go back oh. to, to March 2012. Oh, damn it! Did we blow that whole second? Turn it. Oh no, hey, it's still recording. I opened it. Yay! Oh, hey! All right, sorry. Uh, so now no, you... no, maybe we should learn our lesson and. <laughs> and we're gonna, yeah, pause and save. Hit pause yeah, and save. Pause. Okay. All right, everyone, halftime here at the Buffalo Bills Pittsburgh Steelers game. Buffalo up 7 to 3, an exciting end of the half. Buffalo turns it over. They manage to get the ball back. Tomlin doesn't call a timeout. Paul, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think that was a lot what we expect in the first half. Two really solid defensive. Only breaks resulting in any sort of threats or points. You had a, a shank punt by the Steelers. You had the Steelers get into scoring position only after uh, they had an interception on a you know, costly turnover. But then they fumbled it right back. So this is kind of what you would expect with these, these two teams, I think. Scott? frustrating because it's like the Bills seem like they've got more talent like they've got guys more getting and some of it's the Steelers being injured Roethlisberger obviously out Schuster and Schuster out but the Bills are getting open they're Allen's putting the balls on guys it's just the drops the drops are killing them and the defense is keeping them in the game I think if we get one more touchdown I think it's over but I'm not sure we can get one yeah I'm kind of with you I thought that if they scored again it'd be good Pittsburgh's going to get the ball in the, in the in, to start the half uh, obviously if you can shut that down and I think if you can get up Two good. scores, I think you're going to be what in really good shape. Like 10-6? Uh, I forget what we predicted for some yeah, I don't think you anyone might, predicted anyone to get to 20 points today. No, no, it's a cold I think game. That might hold up. I think that the nice thing is that Pittsburgh's defense is really good. I think you can really see that. Yeah. Uh, other thing really quickly, Pittsburgh as a city has been pretty nice, and the stadium's really nice, and the fans have been pretty congenial, I'd have to say. So... Uh, all, all good there. It's literally standing room like the, all of the ramps are filled with people just standing and watching the game. And all the stadium is completely filled as well. So it's definitely a show. Yeah, nobody's threatened to hurt us yet or anything, which was kind of nice. So. We got a little handsy with us on one interception near in the men's room. Oh, I was, I was peeing. All right, yeah. It was, but it was good natured. All right. We're, we're cool with it. Well, we'll do another quick uh, recap uh, after the uh, second half. I'll see if I can post this right to Twitter. Yep, All right, well. Sounds like All right, we are, we're going to try this again. We are live at Heinz Field shortly after the Buffalo Bills won 17-10 to clinch a playoff spot for the first time in two years, the first time in Week 15, and God knows how long. I'm sure Paul will tell yep. us in a moment. Uh, and on the road in Pittsburgh, a first... A lot of Bills fans. First win since the 70s in Pittsburgh. Um, the entire sideline is filled with Bills fans. We're in the end zone here. We just saw Josh Allen do a lap, uh, a high five lap, all the way around to all the fans as he went into the locker room, which is pretty cool. Uh, excellent game. I mean, really comes down to the end. 
uh, mistakes. Yeah, four picks by the defense there. I think Poyer, I feel like Wall sended it. Of course, you all know who are listening to this, but all of that was happening right in the end zone we're sitting in. And just to watch those plays well, to watch the defense just stay with their coverages, not overreact, not let anyone get behind them. It was just a thing of beauty to watch them that whole second half. No, no panic. No, uh, I'm, I'm a little hoarse from yelling, uh, mostly at yelling at Brian Dable to put in fucking Devin Singletary instead of Fred Gore. <laughs> um, but, like, also yelling to keep the defense going. Yeah, I mean, there's no panic in the defense. That was a good thing. Like, they knew this is Duck Hodges. He's going to you, – you just got to stay in front of him. He's going to hit a couple, but you just got to stay with it. And, yeah, he just threw it right to him on two or three plays when he was desperate and they needed a play. So – that's, that's the defense. We'll talk about it more. I don't want to actually keep us too much longer tonight. Uh, definitely at the end, there was a little bit of brain farty. It's kind of maybe the difference between the best teams in Buffalo, who's still a very good team. Um, but, you know, the, the Bills managed to eke it out uh, and, and, you know, get one great defensive stop and then another. So that was pretty fucking excellent. So uh, we will talk to you soon. Hopefully I'll be able to post this shortly. Uh, good night, everyone, from Frank Scott and, pa Scott and Paul live in Pittsburgh. We'll see you soon. The Bills are in the playoffs!